Welcome to Naturally Nourished, a food is medicine podcast that delivers cutting edge information and solutions for optimal health. Allie Miller is a nutrition expert sought out by the media and America's top medical institutes for her revolutionary functional medicine interventions. From disease treatment to prevention, every episode will empower you with ways to put yourself back in control of your health. Please note, the topics discussed are for educational purposes only and should not be used in place of any medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment from a licensed health professional. Now welcome your host, Allie Miller, Integrative Dietitian and owner of Naturally Nourished, and her Vice President, Integrative Dietitian Carly Vogler. Welcome back, everyone, or welcome to our first-time listeners. I guess there's people jumping in all over the place. Whether you are new or have listened to every one of our episodes, today's subject, I think, is something that everyone's going to really like listening to, and we're going to be talking about eating balanced when you're very busy, which a lot of us are, and maybe even too busy to cook. Yes. So this is the application stuff that's so important. I tell my patients all the time that you could have the most powerful food as medicine information, but if it's just going to sit on your coffee table and collect dust, it's not going to help you very much in the application and you won't get clinical outcomes. So hopefully today we can give you some of Carly and my turnkey solutions to thriving on a busy lifestyle. Definitely, because it's not about all or nothing, which is easy to fall into. I just had a client two days ago, I think, and she has a thyroid issue. She was doing so well on her gluten-free diet, talking about avoiding soy, avoiding goitrogens, a couple different things, turning to grass-fed meats, and really just getting her involved in optimal eating and clean eating. And her kids went back to school and she said she almost snapped because she was had extra time on her hands. And then when she had no time, she showed up at a parent-teacher meeting that went until nine and the only thing they had was pizza. Oh. So <laughs> she did great. She did so well. She didn't eat it, but she got home and I think she's like, this is my breaking point. Yeah. Um, so finding that middle ground and being prepared and planning is all going to come into the conversation today. And even if you're not doing a therapeutic diet, you know, if you're not doing an elimination diet or avoiding certain irritants, that's when things go up, I think, a higher level of restriction where you mm-hmm. really have to plan ahead. Um, even if you're just eating for macronutrient support, or optimal eating for balancing your blood sugar or weight loss, it's definitely important to be able to, I think, as Carly mentioned, find that happy medium between this all or nothing. We tend to over-restrict and then we overcompensate. Um, or if we plan too rigidly, then we fall off. You know, if we're either on or off, that's not a good dichotomy to find ourselves in. Right. So we want to always find this evolving process of our relationship with food that can be sustainable. And at times, you can make a gourmet 7-12 ingredient meal. And then there's times you're going to make a two to three ingredient, throw it together, sear the steak, and saute the asparagus type Exactly. And so hopefully this is a podcast for people who might even know what to do. They just haven't been able to apply that knowledge. So we we want to make it a reality for you today. So let's start by talking about being in a food rut. Yes. I think everyone knows what that's about. I think sometimes I feel personally very inspired to cook and I want to try new recipes. And sometimes I just don't care. I don't have the energy. So I rely on a couple staples. Um, So let's talk about how people can break this cycle if they feel that they're in a rut and they have the same old chicken and vegetables every night. Yeah, I mean, I think of food rut and like food jag, very interchangeable. A lot of times we think of it with feeding our children, like they want grilled cheese, grilled cheese, grilled cheese, and you feel like a short ordered cook. Um, And we have to work with the children, of course, to get diversity within their palate. But adults can be just as picky, if not worse. And men clients sometimes can be even more picky than women. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) So um, I think it's important to understand what you like and then ask yourself if you like it because it's easy or what it is that you like about it. Um, And then think of things as a concept and how you can dive into different flavors and different nutrients surrounding that concept. So for instance, if we're talking like a salad dressing, um, making your own salad dressing is a great step for optimal eating. Store-bought salad dressings, even if they're organic, are often going to have emulsifiers, things like soy lecithin, um, other additive ingredients, and even if they say they're made with olive oil, they often are made with other carrier industrialized oils like canola oil and other subpar stuff. So making your own salad dressing is a great step. Um, Don't get hold into a balsamic, balsamic, balsamic. 
play with the elements of the dressing. So as your fat, you could use your avocado oil in replacement for your olive oil or walnut oil. Um, so thinking of varied fats, this is gonna give a good web of nutrients and also different flavor characteristics. Then think about your acids for those dressings. So could absolutely do balsamic vinegar, could also do red wine vinegar, or could do lemon or lime. Last night, I ended up blending up some watermelon and made a watermelon vinaigrette with red wine vinegar. So I used both of those as my um, acid and then a little bit of my carrier. And I did end up using olive oil um, and then a little bit of fresh mint leaf and feta and grilled chicken. And so thinking about the next piece of your salad, I would say is the toppings. You know, Don't always do that kitchen sink, throw in the cucumber, cherry tomatoes, Raw mushrooms, ew, I hate raw mushrooms anyway. Me too, me too. I just have a thing. Who likes this? I don't know. Um, but anyway, um, don't always throw in those same three generic, you know, ingredients on top of your salad. Think in flavor profiles and make yourself a restaurant salad of combinations that are unique and switch those up. Right. I think another idea when Allie was talking about different oils is say you are someone who really enjoys you know, Asian food. If you use a sesame oil and you do a yeah. Chinese chicken salad, that's completely different than your balsamic and olive oil. Totally. So totally. That can, that's a good way to change it up is just by having an array of oils and like Ali said, the acids and emulsifiers that change it up. Now, I can't say I would be as fancy in her and make a watermelon dressing, <laughs> but I love it. I think it's a great idea. And it actually, I saw it on Instagram. It looked really easy. Yeah, it, it totally was. And so if we were doing, let's just maybe workshop and think through with uh, everyone that's listening how to do that Asian dressing. So all salad dressings are going to have a fat and an acid, and then typically an emulsifier, and that's gonna be the compound that's gonna help to keep that acid and fat together. So that could be things like mustard, um, or that could be things like gravy maple syrup. So if I was doing an Asian vinaigrette, I love the sesame oil. You could use like a 50-50 blend of toasted sesame oil with non-toasted sesame oil because the toasted sesame oil can be pretty strong flavor profile. It would really depend though on the characteristics of your salad so and how much you like that toasty flavor. So um, toasted sesame oil, a little bit of untoasted sesame oil, or you could just use avocado or an unflavored oil for the other half. And then the acid I would go to for an Asian dressing would probably be a rice wine vinegar. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's your standard go-to for Asian profile flavors. You could also use lime juice or, same thing. Yep. or a 50-50 blend of those two, mm -hmm. so same deal. Um, and then you could even get fancy and use like an umiboshi plum vinegar if you wanted to get really outside the box. So that would be your acid and your fat. And then other players that we'd bring in, I would probably bring in a little bit of tamari, which is our um, wheat-free um, soy sauce. Or if you're doing a soy-free diet, you could use coconut aminos. But something with that umami flavor. Mm -hmm. If you are doing soy, you could also puree in some miso as an alternative to those two. And that way you'd get some probiotics. Um, and then I would probably add in also some crushed garlic. Um, mm -hmm. And that would, I think, be a really balanced. You might add in a little bit of gravy, maple syrup, or honey to round out that flavor profile. You probably want a little sweet in there, too. That sounds good. Maybe some chili flakes. And I will say, Ali's told me about the umibushi, is that what you say? Plum, yeah, umibushi. Uh -huh. um, the vinegar. So I didn't know about that. That was new. But I taught myself to cook by just trying. And so if this sounds new or overwhelming, all you have to do is get involved. Once you start tasting things and trying them, it's not complicated. I just think this sounds overwhelming for yes. for some people who don't cook. Right. But it's really just about picking a recipe, walking through it, and then it's in your arsenal and you just build on that. It's not and, all or nothing. And generally speaking, um, you know, you can always start with a recipe and then play. Uh, in our cookbook, we have tons of vinaigrettes and you'll see that we typically recommend doing about a 50-50 blend of oil to vinegar. A lot of recipes will do like a three to one fat to vinegar. And that's okay. We're all about eat fat, get skinny. But it's really about then where you want the rest of your calorie distribution to be on that plate. And so if you are looking to keep your calories on track within your macronutrients, you might want to do more of a 50-50 blend. And that acidity can be really supportive for your digestive health. Right. And just pick one per week. Maybe you do one every two weeks. Yeah. So you're not feeling like you have to try the watermelon and then the Asian and keep everyone happy. No, just make a big old jar. Yeah. And that's what you have that week. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so that's great. So mixing up your salad dressings, mixing up your salad toppings, um, and that's both in application of a food rut of a salad. Another food rut that I would think of is going to be um, just your preparation techniques. Um, so if we're talking about 
taking a single ingredient, like let's say a sirloin steak, um, thinking of different ways that you can prepare it and different ways that you can serve it will have a big influence on your outcomes or buying different forms of that meat. So if the sirloin steak, you could try it on a grill, you could do it pan seared and finished in the oven, or you could uh, bake it in the oven and then slice it and, and serve it more as a stir fry. Um, I wouldn't recommend cutting it up raw and stir frying it. I would actually recommend cooking it whole and then cutting it up, but that's just me. I like charring on the outside and a little bit more medium rare on the inside. Um, but playing with also different cuts, so different ground, different cuts of the steak is going to help with keeping you outside the box and also you're getting different amino acid profiles. So you're actually getting different glycine, methionine and a lot of times in the American diet we have too much ground lean meats, not enough of those fatty compounds and that can create amino acid um, imbalances in our body. Mm -hmm. And speaking of different different meats if you do 50 50 blend of like a, a dark meat of chicken and maybe a breast you're getting a blend of those nutrients too and it that fat is what tastes good it, so absolutely it's not so dry. i think that's a huge that's a good point that's a really liberalizing uh thing that we tell our clients and i often do especially if they're doing an elimination diet or they did the mrt test and they have to rely on turkey. <laughs> a lot of us are so burnt out because we think of that like Genio's 99% watery, mm -hmm. no flavor and really texture of turkey. And so, you know, liberalizing and saying you can go 80-20 blend um, is a really great way to, yes, both get more nutritional density and also better flavor profile and mouthfeel. And I would say one more way of getting out of food rut would be don't rely on the energy that you have left at the end of the day because then you're not going to feel creative. Yes. So if you <laughs> at all. So if you take time on a Sunday and either plan out what you want and get the groceries for it or even do some prep. I had a client, I think this is brilliant. They would have five or six different containers of what they wanted in a salad. So when they came home, they just grabbed and it was like a 10-minute dinner because all the prep was done. Sure. And it's not pre-cut vegetables that are oxidized. So Anytime you can plan ahead is helpful too. Absolutely. Um, let's maybe workshop one more. So maybe smoothies. I think that's another one that I use personally. I think I'm more of a smoothie person than you, Carly. Yes. Yeah. I do shakes. <laughs> as I, have, I have a smoothie right in front of me. Um, and, and, you know, a lot of clients like to use that as an option. Um, as you've heard probably me speak on smoothies, the big importance is making sure that you're keeping your carbohydrates in check because often even a green smoothie can have like 100 plus grams of carbs, which is insane. Um, and so you wanna make sure with your smoothies that you're keeping it to a max of really 25 grams of carbs, hopefully less than 30 for sure, um, which would be like a half cup of fruit, um, upwards of one cup, depending on the glycemic index of the fruits you choose. So typically a smoothie is gonna have some fruit, um, but then switch up your base. So mix up almond milk or coconut milk mixed with water or um, use water and use yogurt as your creamy base. And so thinking through that, that mentality of these interchangeable components and then the other element to a smoothie beyond the fruit and the base is going to be adding your healthy fat. So are you adding in chia seeds or are you adding in a nut butter? If it's a nut butter, is it cashew nut butter or is it almond butter or peanut butter? Um, and so all of these choices are going to have, again, different webs of nutrients, different flavors. And I recommend keeping a journal and, you know, maybe keeping like a recipe index where you get a scoring of smile, <laughs> neutral frown, and you play with, as Carly suggested, your flavor profile. You can always adjust and tweak. Once you understand the general balance of amounts, then you can really kind of just shift things in and out. It's funny. Smoothies are one of the most intimidating things for people. People are yeah. always like, oh, I just don't know how to make a smoothie, which is kind of funny to me because part of me agrees with them because I don't drink smoothies. I can't just come up with them off the top of my head yeah. like you can. But smoothie recipes are also a dime a dozen. Mm -hmm. And so th there's so many. You just have to find out what you like and manipulate it until you find that balance. And then, right, exactly, adjusting it to make sure it fits the balance. And, and I always like to include protein in smoothies for sure as well. The fat helps to blunt that glycemic spiking of the fruit. And then the fat is going to help with satiety um, as well. And then the protein is going to be the part that's going to help make that into more of a meal. It's going to help with lean body mass, your metabolic function. And so if you're going to use it as a meal replacement, make sure you get all three of those categories. Okay, so there's some ideas to help 
hopefully get all of you out of your food rut. Let's talk about our go-to meals in a flash. I know in another episode we came up with a couple, but I want to come up with a couple more just so you all know that everyone's human. Everybody has those nights where they only have 10, 15 minutes of energy to put something together. Let's talk about your go-tos, Allie. What's a couple? Well, I'll just say of recent because it's always changing um, because I try to avoid those ruts. Um, but I've been, I, I actually ate uh, three times in one month our mustard chicken thighs from the cookbook. Mm. <laughs> um, that's a really awesome recipe. It's with bone and skin on chicken thighs. And I tend to always go for the bone and skin on chicken breast because it's just larger. You get like a good six ounce portion. Well, the thighs are fabulous and you can have two or three depending on the size. And um, it's a similar preparation where you're pan searing the the bone in um, chicken thigh and then you're finishing it in the oven. And the mustard sauce is just phenomenal. It has a little bit of yogurt at the end, um, but it's mustard bone broth. Um, and then some tarragon. I'm a big tarragon person. That's another one that we don't always. Yeah. <laughs> I love tarragon. Um, it goes good with poultry. It has that kind of anise flavor. So it brightens up that acidic, um, robust, deep flavor of the notes of the chicken broth and the mustard. I do like the tarragon in that recipe, though. Yeah. I will say it it's really good. It sings on the palate. It does sing. <laughs> um, so you always need something bright and light, I, I feel, to balance out foods. And I've been doing um, those chicken thighs with like just sauteed greens or roasted broccoli um and then another one that that i would say would be a go-to for me is we just started it's wild that it's summer um but doing more slow cooker things um and so we did pot roast um this week and last week we did the carnitas um so different applications both of them very similar where we're searing all of the edges of the meat um, for about three to five minutes in a cast iron And that's important when you're buying pasture-raised or grass-fed meats because they have higher water content. So if you don't sear them and you just throw them raw into the slow cooker, all of the yummy juices leak out. And although you still get it in the the broth base of the the end product, it's totally different than getting it in the juicy bites of the meat. Um, And so pan searing is a huge piece of, I think even if it's not in a recipe you're following, do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we pan sear. Then you would throw your protein. Um, I used like rump roast or pork shoulder, um, but beef rump roast for the pot roast. And then threw in my accoutrement. So I had um, uh, chopped up carrots. I had onion um, that was uh, just quartered. And then I put in also um, for the pot roast a mix of, I used chicken broth instead of beef broth, but chicken broth, my leftover bone broth with tomato paste. Um, and then a half cup of red wine and uh, thyme and rosemary and threw that all in there and then um, after it went for 12 hours I threw in a uh, two bunches of curly kale and let that go for another four hours and it was divine that's funny I did something recently too and which is it's funny because it's 100 degrees in Houston and I don't know why we so were both disgusting. making roasts I know and I don't I, probably to get out of our food rut yeah I was, it's true I was almost every night doing a burger salad it just it wasn't even a rut because I didn't feel stuck. I just wanted it. Yeah. Um, and then I did something similar where it was steak, and then I did zucchini, bell peppers, a little bit of butternut squash instead of the tomato paste, onion, garlic. But yeah, it's slow cooker, and it's so tender and easy. Yeah. And you did, did a rump roast as well? It wasn't a rump roast. Shoulder? It was a chuck. Okay. The yeah. Meat. Mm-hmm. yeah. But a big piece, like a three pound yeah. chunk. Two okay. pounds, but yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Oversellers. Um, awesome. And then, so even like with your burger salad option, I think all of these things, Carly swapped out butternut squash puree for my tomato paste, right? So that's going to take the flavor to a whole different way. Um, her burger salad, switching off the patty from bison to grass-fed beef to a pork patty to ground turkey mm-hmm. is going to switch it up. And then the toppings. So one topping might be avocado with the cumin lime vinaigrette. And um, what would be other good Mexican things? Bell peppers in that or something. Like yep. fajita veggies. It could I've be cooked or raw. Sometimes a little bit of cheese. Sometimes some carrots and celery. Yeah. Just one could go Greek and you could do olives and feta. Yes. Um, oh, that's a good one. Good idea. And oregano chopped up in there. Yeah. 
So um, I love all of that. And, and I really am a big proponent of switching up flavors by adding fresh herbs too. Um, playing with that in your kitchen, don't get into the um, mucky brown world where you use too many herbs, especially if you're new with figuring out flavor profiles. But just add one. Smell them at the grocery store, taste them, and throw them in. Like throwing mint into any of those salads would be interesting. Yep. Or fresh oregano or basil, of course. Um, all of those would work really nice. Okay, so that's dinner. Let's yes. talk about some lunch, which of course, if you are making these fabulous dinners, I always say make more and eat it the next day. That's Me the easiest too. thing to do. Um, but let's say, you know, you have a small kitchen at work and nothing really to heat up with. Let's do a couple throw together easy lunches. Yeah, I'm personally, I love the idea <laughs> and mentally I'm so on with eating leftovers for lunch. But real life, I am not a luncher. I always say I eat like bookends. That's just kind of my, I, I, I don't know, it's kind of evolved in these last three to five years where I eat a really solid hearty breakfast, which I'm sure we'll cover that next maybe, um, and then a pretty hearty dinner. Um, and my lunch is always snacks. Um, and so for me, and especially I've noticed kind of new mom-like, life um mom life <laughs> um, of balancing stella and trying to now pump or breastfeed over the lunch hour i'm doing a lot of piecemeal things um i did uh, i've been loving the hat creek it's a company out of austin um pickled and fermented veggies have mm. you tried any of them yet no the carrots they have a um, lemon ginger carrot it's amazing sounds yummy yeah so i did um today like five spears of that i did some in-house roasted turkey um so that's from a local butcher shop here um pasture-raised turkey breast without any binders or fillers um so i did about four ounces of pasture-raised turkey i did a couple olives and then some raw aged truffle gouda cheese um and and that was my my lunch um so fermented veggie i'm getting my probiotic in that and then my raw cheese getting my protein my healthy fats and although i didn't get as many vegetables or fiber i'm now finishing up my green smoothie so you can do that you know where you don't have to always think about getting all of your goals at one sitting and and be interchangeable with them and that definitely was no cooking involved yeah it was that was a grab 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 right <laughs> right and I think the one thing that would change if I was back at the office at Naturally Nourished is I would have hard-boiled eggs. Um, <laughs> I never hard-boil eggs at my home. I don't know if it's maybe the, the rotten egg smell from the boiling. I don't know. Probably. But we do it in our office all the time. Um, and when I'm eating them at the office, I love to just squirt mustard on them. And that's a really great like two to three hard-boiled eggs. And some days I'll eat eight eggs for that reason because I had them for breakfast mm -hmm. too. It's a game changer when they're warm, too. Yeah. Instead of making them ahead, it's totally different. Yeah, and I, I for some reason, haven't done egg salad in forever, but... Um, yeah, oh, such an oversight. So we good. We just put on the blog, I don't know if it's live yet, but a truffle... Oh, Carly, you're going to die, yeah. Oh. A truffle egg salad in romaine lettuce oh, yes. um, cups. And so that needs to happen. We should put that at our next and Naturally Nourished snack. Keto-friendly. Absolutely. For sure. <laughs> I'm on snack duty soon. Get you wedding ready. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Let's move on to snacks. So it sounds like you had snacks for lunch. So uh -huh. it's going to be the same concept. But right. people also get in the rut of nuts as snacks. Great snack. We love them. But that's not the only thing out there. Yeah. And, and same thing of what kinds of nuts. Like I at my house again have a total nut rut. <laughs> a nut rut. Where like I only have raw nuts in my freezer that I use more for like baking or making nut flours out of or soaking and sprouting and putting into nut milks and um, on our Amazon store I just was actually playing because I was talking to a client I added all of these Eden um, pumpkin seed individual packs those are good right and it's like okay well you're getting a super high amount of zinc they're salty crunchy you could throw them in your purse and it's such a nice swap mm -hmm. out for like almonds yep um, and so even thinking within nuts I totally recommend making sure that they are salted and roasted you're just going to enjoy them a million times more as yeah. long as you can retain your, your portion control because, of course, salted and roasted means you want to kind of pop and crunch more. Um, but I always say if you're going to eat it, it might as well taste really good. Speaking of that, there's two little nut secrets. I don't know if they're secrets, but Ali turned me on to frozen macadamia nuts. Yes. They're insanely delicious. I, I think so too. It's so creamy um, and you take your time eating them and mm -hmm. they have so much fat that they won't break your teeth when you chew them frozen. Um, they have a really nice, you can chew right through them straight out of the freezer. Um, I'll put a couple in like those small little prep glass bowls at my desk often and, and I can snack on 
like eight frozen macadamia nuts over like a two and a half hour period. Mm-hmm. They are so good. And then the other little nut secret is, I don't know if you all have the bulk things at Whole Foods, but the sprouted nuts, yes, they're more expensive. They are worth every penny. They are yes. so crunchy and fresh. The it doesn't feel. even taste like the same nut. Yep. When you get them just straight up raw and they're not soaked or sprouted, that water brings that, that water in the sprouting process brings that nut back to life. And so there's that nice popping yes. when you chew them, yes. right? Instead of like that Good dense dry. Uh-huh. I don't know. So I totally agree with both, both of those tips. And then lastly, on since we're on now like a little nut thing, um, I've really been liking the Artisana brand nut butter packs. Mm-hmm. So Justin's are fine too, but they do have some filler oils like palm oil. Um, and some of them have sweeteners. Artisana has coconut butter packs, which are really cool. So you can do your bulletproof coffee on the go. Also, they have cashew, pecan, almond. And so again, a lot of my patients that are doing the MRT diet and they're on this really restricted single ingredient diet, this works as a great thing for them to keep in their bag. Yeah, those are those are easy. I'm not ashamed to on a plane just eat right out of the packet. Yeah. <laughs> Shoop. I'll do it. Um, and I think I'll do it. <laughs> I think that nut butters we often think of with fruits, but they also pair really nice with carrots. Um, yes. I like to use, oh, and while I'm talking carrots, I really want to shame really quick baby carrots. I have a really big vengeance <laughs> against baby carrots. I hate when I see people that I respect and follow on Instagram or other social media platforms and their picture of their lunch or snack includes baby carrots. That's true. She always says they make me so sad. They do. There's no such thing, you guys. They're shooting them through a machine and it's separating you from identifying a whole food. Cut your heirloom rainbow carrots and eat those, please. And don't they dunk them in a liquid to make them all shiny and... Yeah, they reduce the oxidation because they have to cut them. They shoot them through those machines to make the baby shape. Um, Those little weird like orbital... Yeah. They're just... They're just, They're just I terrible. don't like them. I agree. I have to agree. <laughs> and then they're dipped so that they don't oxidize and get white and chalky. Um, so yeah, just buy normal carrots. Allow them to have their ridges. Don't peel them because the minerals live in the ridges and so do some good bacteria. So eat real carrots. Agreed. Preferably with the greens intact. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Any, do you want to just go over a couple more snack ideas? Yeah. Yeah. And okay. so this concept again is you can eat the snack as a snack or you can double the snack and make a meal, which is awesome. Um, another good one I like to use is avocado. Um, I get in in and out of avocado jags. I think it depends on pricing and other things in the grocery store, but I can easily go five days in a row eating an entire avocado every day, yep. and then I can go a week without, and then I go back to two and whatever. But um, avocado, you can dress up with just lemon juice and um, coarse sea salt. Um, you could also add some seaweed shakers on there, like Eden brand has uh, sea vegetable shakers, which would be great minerals for your thyroid. Um, you could also add toasted uh, sesame seeds or pumpkin seeds um, or, or sunflower seeds. Those are all good options. And then if I want to bulk it even more, I'll uh, mix like chopped olives or capers with canned skipjack, which is a version of tuna. It's a fish that's a smaller um, species than your uh, tuna. So it has less mercury, but still has omega-3 fatty acids. And Wild Planet is a brand that has skipjack canned. So I would just pop one of those open, mix that with some lemon and olives, and then pop that into my avocado halves and have a really nice dense meal. Yeah, that sounds good. I've been really loving avocado with balsamic lately and a little bit of sea salt. It's just... They go really well together. See, switching out my food jag of my lemon juice. I like that. I, I usually only think lemon or lime with avocado, but totally, you could add, absolutely add vinegars on those too. There you go. Um, little pieces of pepperoni with cheese is always fun and different, as long as there's nitrate-free, nitrite and nitrate-free. They've been um, using celery powder in a lot of my go-to little pepperoni slices, and I can't have celery at the moment, so that makes me sad. Hmm. But prosciutto? Yes. Prosciutto you can use, right? I there's don't, not celery salt in I that? Think, I think I've checked. I think it's cured. Oh, boogers. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, along those lines, prosciutto with a piece of fruit is one of my faves, um, like melon with oh, prosciutto wrapped around it. peaches. I saw someone do that recently. Yes, or figs. Mm. Um, and you can roast that. Those are all really great, simple snacks. Um, another one is just getting back to your Greek yogurt and using that as a savory dip. So savory dips, you could add, um, like our cookbook has the Greek yogurt 
quote-unquote ranch dip type deal um, and that's really great uh, onion powder garlic dill you could also take savory yogurt to use things like curry powder um, and lime juice and that makes a really good vehicle for dipping veggies or thinning that out to make a salad dressing or take yogurt as yogurt and add cinnamon um, and maybe some raw local honey and then you could add berries to it or fruit of your choice yep so this I mean that was a lot of snack ideas if you eat the same thing a couple times a week that's gonna last you forever so just get outside of your snack route too yes <laughs> okay now I'm excited to ask this one what if, I want to ask Allie, if you had to only pick five grocery staples for those people trying to keep it really simple. Oh, this Say is just, like we're on an island? Yes. Okay. So you got <laughs> or an island or you got home late from a trip on a weekend and you have to only get five things at the grocery okay, store. Okay, more realistic. <laughs> or yeah. on an island. What would your five grocery picks be? So staples eggs in your... Eggs for sure. Oh, yes. Okay. Eggs are on there. Eggs, I think probably Greek yogurt for me as well. Um, and then almond butter, lacinato kale. I that is a jag that has been like forever with me. It's a good one. Um, and lacinato kale is that dino kale, the lumpy, bumpy, long strands of kale uh, or long leaves of kale, no strands. Um, and then I think as of recent, it would be probably a fruit as well. Um, so as of recent, it'd be peaches because Texas peaches in the summer are just dreamy. It's a solid list. So I, did I get my fat? I got fat. I got some protein. I got some carb. Some That's well-rounded. That's All five. Right. <laughs> I'll yep. take it. Okay. Yep. How about you, girl? I would have to do the eggs, too. I'm copying that one. But my other ones would be cheese. That's been an issue. I think I need to change up my snacks. That's probably my <laughs> 3 o'clock every day. Yeah. So I got to get out of that. Are okay. you doing parm crisps or are you doing cubes doing of cheese? or Cubes of hard-aged cheeses, whatever. It's in the fridge. So the Havarti or the cheddar. Yeah, There's a lot bird. of good cheeses out there. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a problem. Okay, I'm going to acknowledge and move on. <laughs> <laughs> My other ones would have to be, oh, you help me with this. So I do keto coffee almost every morning. So organic coffee is one of my, I absolutely need staples. And because I'm not doing butter or coconut oil at the moment, Allie helped me come up with using cacao butter for my keto coffee, it literally tastes like hot chocolate in the morning. It's amazing. So awesome. Can't live without that. I think that's – oh, and then organic girl lettuce for my food jag of burger salad. Do you switch up, though, the organic girl tubs? Like the super greens tub or the – they I have an Asian greens tub. I'm just in a really unique they? food elimination diet moment. Okay. So I can't. So you're doing like spinach? Or? No. Oh, no spinach at the moment. Just the romaine. Okay, okay. But I think I can change that soon. Okay. Anyway, all my choices are being navigated by my MRT, which we've talked about four times today. So we have to make that the next <laughs> podcast. Yes. <laughs> all these people are like, what is this? Yes. Um, and we, I'm sure we've referenced it in now like 80% of our episodes. So yes, we will do an episode. Stay tuned. Episode 30, the MRT. <laughs> um, I think that since you brought up coffee that I want to match your coffee and raise you wine. Um, oh, good because, one. <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to be on an island, right? True, good anyway, call. Anyway, but no, I, I couldn't. I really am a big coffee everyday bulletproof girl too. Okay. Um, so where are we going now? Talking about swap outs of like more nutrient dense for a food that you might want to start to replace yes I think that's something that we talk about all day long it's very obvious for us when people come in and want help meal planning they have things in their diet that are just not health supporting and they can't imagine life without them and instead of you know, trying to find a replacement, they try to give it up, which might just be too difficult. So I really like helping people think of swaps. I totally agree. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about some common swaps that we've been talking to people about in session. Yeah. So I think we have to start with bread. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And and, (laughs) and I think it's always this, you know, good, better, best spectrum. I always like to identify that with the patient and, you know, asking them, is this going to be a staple or an indulgence? Mm -hmm. Because you might make a different choice based on that. So if it's going to be a staple replacement for bread, I would recommend switching out like a collard green leaf um, or, and that's actually really the the main one that I would do. Um, What would be one that you'd go for? Probably Swiss chard. Okay, okay. 
Yeah. Same idea. I mean, I could recommend like an almond flour tortilla or a corn tortilla as an option if it's like a GMO-free organic corn tortilla. Yes. But even with those being said, I find personally that they never fully get used. And then if I try to freeze part of them. I was going to say the almond flour tortillas have been a delight in my household. I have been really enjoying them because my... I have a thing with corn chips and I don't let myself eat them very often because it's, you know, the whole bag's gone. So I wanted something to dip like in guacamole. So I've been tearing them off and just having like, it's very fulfilling. It's very bready because of the tapioca, Mm -hmm. but they are, they're expensive. So if you don't eat them all, it's totally a waste, but I've been having my fiance eat them too. So I have, it hasn't been a problem. There you go. So, um, you just dropped the F word. Yes. Um, (laughs) said it. So anyway, um, I think I totally agree with that. I, I, I'm of the liking of I am more of a just deconstruct it and get over it with certain things. Like for bread, for instance, I would just omit it, right? But yeah, if need be a vehicle, I'd, I'd go for leafy green if it's the daily. Otherwise, I might go for like an almond flour tortilla. Um, and, and otherwise, I might even go for like a sprouted grain bread. Um, and that might be for me an option I've, of all of my inflammatory tests have never had a, a big reaction to grains. And so that might be one that I'd go for versus like a flour-based bread. So it's kind of where you're at and, and what's working for you in the moment. And then I have months and months and months where I go grain-free. So it just, just really depends. Right. Um, how about salty crunchy? I was just talking to a client about this today. She was eating a bag of potato chips every night and she's really healthy otherwise super super healthy but cravings were just overcoming her she was actually getting inflammation everything else in her diet was anti-inflammatory everything but this bag of potato chips even though it was avocado oil organic oh, potatoes I was just ask that okay it was still oxidized mm-hmm. you know it's still fried so we we're just kind of think tanking how do you replace that crunch with something health supporting. So one of them um, ideas I came up with was Parmesan crisps. You don't eat the volume. I was going to say, she'd have to watch out for yes, that. You yeah. don't, it's not yeah. the same. They're also much more filling, I yep. find. I agree. But I, there are not that many other crunchies out there that I could think of. I really like, not to be like a super nutrition nerd, but I really like kale chips. Yeah, she said she tried them and hated them. But I agree. Okay. They're amazing. <laughs> I agree with you. Um, I think that those work really well. And then, right, I would say like if they're eating Lay's potato chips or something, um, maybe going to like uh, Jackson's Honest or something that uses, right, the, the better carrier oil, like coconut right. oil, sweet potato, and sea salt as the only ingredients and trying to keep to their amount um you know of trying to have about a cup or so another one that i would go for is um i love the tiny but mighty organic popcorn um the Mm. kernels are really small and that's the tiny but mighty thing um and so you don't um get the large kernels that hurt your teeth um you can have three cups of popcorn for only 15 grams of carbs and you can add real butter on it to blunt the glycemic influence so I, that's my, I'm a, a popcorn girl always over chips. That's a and good one. I like to use my air popper or stovetop and I just pop the amount that I can have versus like buying a bag of popped popcorn and, and then. more fiber. Yeah. yeah. We mm-hmm. also came up with those brown, those Ludenberg brown rice crackers. Yeah. Uh, cakes. Yeah. Rice cakes. Mm-hmm. And then rice crackers. Uh-huh. They're still processed. There's not a lot of good stuff in a rice cracker. No. But it's crunch. <laughs> it's carrier. And it's, you know, not, not high, fri- fried at a high temperature. For sure. That's what I was avoiding. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, let's let's come up with some mayo replacements. Yes. This is another one that for the longest time I had a hard time with. And then it's become, because of some products coming out, it's been a lot easier. But besides products, avocado is the obvious one. Right. So just switching out avocado or making your own mayo. Right. Now there are a lot of, like you mentioned, like paleo mayos where they're using a real egg mm-hmm. and they're using like avocado oil or olive oil, which is great. Yep. Um, you definitely want to avoid the soy lecithin and soybean oil and canola oil as the primary ingredients in your mayo. Right. Um, so you can make a, a whole food-based mayo. Otherwise, just use avocado. It's a single ingredient. You still get creaminess. Or you could also use like a little bit of Greek yogurt depending on the profile of the flavors for Mm -hmm. sure. And speaking of Greek yogurt, that's a really great swap for sour cream. Even though we're not anti-sour cream, the profile nutritionally is just a little bit better. Yep. Oh, and another one you could swap out would be hummus. Um, Mm -hmm. So doing like a bean puree or even a veggie puree um, to do like roasted carrots with cumin um, and roasting them in a high heat oil and then pureeing some of those and using that like as a spread would be really yummy. That sounds really Mm -hmm. good. Okay, this is my favorite as of recently, the replacement for rice, which I'm sure all of you have heard by now, but cauliflower rice 
It's so simple. Would you be totally surprised? I've never tried it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I've never tried it. I I, eat a ton of cauliflower, but I just, I don't know. I love it. So the best way to do this would be to take a cauliflower head and you chop it up and you pulse it in the food processor. With your S-blade or through the shredding? S-blade. Okay. But for my nights that I don't feel like doing that, because it is a little bit messy, Trader Joe's has come up with organic frozen riced cauliflower. So I, you literally just throw the bag in a pan and whatever fats, and I've been really enjoying mimicking like a fried rice. So I'll do a peanut mm. oil or a sesame oil, a little bit of tamari, and crack an egg in there, yes. some shallots or some onions. It's phenomenal. You will not Snackies. miss rice. Mm-hmm. Yum. Yeah, Sprouts. really good. You're going to try it now. That sounds good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's more appealing to me, I suppose. The, that heavy food processor, I have to really feel committed. I'm telling to you, it is it. that is a commitment. I agree. Brady doesn't let me keep it on the countertop, so it's like to like pull it out. <laughs> it always seems like I have to really be Brady. <laughs> I know. Um, I I do pull it out for um, the against all grain uh, almond flour butter cookies because that's worth it. But have I made those? The ones you made for my shower. Oh, okay. I just those made them are again recently. Very good. They're very shortbready. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's worth bringing out the food processor. Agreed. Um, okay, so uh, let's talk uh, sparkling beverages. Or oh, one of my big no's is, of course, soda. Um, diet, regular, you name it. Just just nothing that we can defend about soda. Right. Um, so if you're trying to wean, um, using a sparkling water in its place, like a Topo Chio or um, La Croix, um, would be great. There's also there's a various brands of sparkling water that you could go for. Some of them are naturally flavored um, with an essence, and so they still would have no calories, no nutrients, no anything. It's just a form of drinking drinking something that is effervescent. Um, so it helps to satiate that craving of that sparkling element. And that's wakes kind you of up been my day. absolutely. That's kind of been my go-to when I come home. My hunger seems to always peak at dinner right before. So sometimes when I'm cooking, I'm really hungry. So to not ruin my dinner appetite, I'll have a La Croix and just snack on bell pepper until, you know, dinner's ready. So it really kind of, those bubbles just fill you up and it's, yeah. it's really nice when I come home. It's instead of cracking open something else, crack open a La Croix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, Good. So I think that's a good amount of swap outs that we've had. So okay. avocado instead of mayo, the cauliflower, rice. And again, you know, you can also just omit. So I, where I've never tried cauliflower rice, I just do everything free of rice. Or I put a, a, the lazy girl move is putting a handful of mixed greens at the base of whatever you're doing. But sure. now that I've thought of the cauliflower, now that you've introduced me to the cauliflower fried rice, I'm totally making that for sure. It'll be good. Good. So we covered some travel snacks as well for you guys, um, the nut butter packs and other things. I just wanted to, to mention, I did say that those are on the Amazon store. If you, um, how do they find that? Is it on our website, if you go to the shop tab, there's a um, right column that says like products we love and our Amazon store is on there. If you're looking for inspiration and ideas, there is on our Amazon store a tab called snacks. And we also have like olive packs, like individual packs of olives, little hummus things, and all really clean um, from, from vendors that we really like and support. So something to check out if you're looking for inspiration or you weren't writing this down if you're driving or walking. Yes, I love those little olive packs. Um, let's just touch base on techniques for staying on track when you're trying to balance life with getting your health, either keeping your health on track or getting back on track. Because right, or making a new step. Right, like how, how do you take all this and make it a reality, basically? Yes. So I think that having some structure is always important. Um, so figure out with your other household members, whether it's roommates or a partner or what have you, who's doing the grocery shopping and when. And I'm a huge list maker. Um, I like to think, I love on Sundays, that's just my day of like thinking through the week and what I want to have. And I always plan three recipes and then the rest can be kind of like impulse or structured piecemeal stuff. Um, and so I like to look through blogs that I follow or cookbooks and then I either get inspiration or I take a concept and play with kitchen creation, but three recipe concepts. 
And then um, snacky stuff is how I plan my grocery shopping. And um, the other element that I recommend for keeping balance in a busy, busy lifestyle is tracking in some way, shape, or form. So I personally, and someone who is very re- resistant to tracking on um, like a calorie app or like my fitness pal or something like that, I think it's an awesome tool and I use it successfully with many clients, especially when we're looking at their carb to protein or fat ratios and we're trying to set up some guidelines or goals um, and for that realization of the density of foods and serving influence of foods. But I um, really do better by making conceptual goals and conceptual tracking. So for instance, um, one of my current things with my C-section recovery is to get in gelatin daily. And so my two goals of this week, which might sound super simple, is planks (laughs) and a gelatin food. And the days that I get those, I'm marking a slash through my calendar day. And that's just like what I do. (laughs) So I can look at the week and I can say, okay, Five out of the seven days, I did my um, seven-minute plank routine, and I ate either fruited gelatin or uh, six to eight ounces of bone broth. I love this. I actually did something similar after I got engaged, and I was like, okay, want to get feeling my best. I'm going to be a little bit more consistent with my workouts, get my supplements on track, because those have always ebbed and flowed. And so I made columns, and it was, I always, as much as I preach every day about drinking enough water I only get half my goal so it was each oh, column good. look at you yeah I'm proud of that get your water <laughs> get your supplements what else is it what your workout was um, how sleep was a couple different things that I just knew made me feel good and when you get to check something off it is so gratifying it is <laughs> that you want to do it again you have to do it again I'm, I'm yeah. telling you before it's the wild. results and and it'll keep you and, and create results because you have that little carrot of, you know, look at me, look what I did. Yes, I'm telling you, tracking, and it's not for life. I think people get overwhelmed and get really get bogged down, but it's to get you back on track and it's always there for you when you fall off. Yes. So let's just share some additional resources with all the listeners. Um, so you guys, I hope that you check out the Amazon store for additional product ideas and recommendations. Another thing to absolutely do if you haven't yet is um, get our cookbook. What are you doing, silly, listening to us and not yeah. not purchasing our cookbook? Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, um, but not really. You should get the Naturally Nourished Cookbook, um, Food is Medicine for Optimal Health. It has 12 weekly meal plans, so we did all of the thinking for you, and it's broken down into 1,200 and 1,800 calories, so generally we say women and men that are looking to lose weight. Um, And it's going to give you uh, three to five entrees and then snacks. And it's um, spattered between the days so that you can still eat leftovers. You don't have to buy a gajillion ingredients. Um, But it's a really nice variety of flavors and textures and will keep you on track and yield results with a nice balance of your macronutrients. Absolutely. And everyone has been saying that it's very user-friendly for those who don't cook. So that's yeah. the best kind of feedback we've yeah, gotten. Yeah, yeah. That we're able to execute the recipe. So it's an awesome yes. thing. Um, and then another thing, you know, think about some of the potentially uh, delivery services in your area. So you could do something like uh, Green Plate or uh, Blue Apron. Just check into the quality of their ingredients and um, also look at their options. Like I know a couple of them do a paleo option, yes. which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then making sure that they're hormone-free and antibiotic-free. What's really neat is you're only going to get like three strands of thyme if you need to use a tablespoon of thyme in the recipe. So you don't have to buy the whole thing for $5.99 and then waste your time and your time and then feel guilty that you're wasting products so something like that's great if you are you know new to a clean eating lifestyle and you want to be structured without thinking yeah a lot of people have been enjoying that and another resource I always use in session is have you checked out snap kitchen yeah it they have grass-fed meats they have lots of veggies very low glycemic low carbohydrate it is a great resource and it's such a tool especially for people just getting involved in this you're not going to become a chef overnight. It's just not going to happen. So be easy on yourself and utilize yep. this kind of stuff. And then I think for like a fast food or travel option, um, Chipotle is a 
good one. Um, they do use Neiman uh, Ranch for their pork, which is pasture raised. And um, I would do, I always do their bowl, but I just do it with no grain. And I do just a little bit of black bean, and then I do double fajita vegetable. I do the carnitas, and then um, I ask for them to put a ton of romaine and then the guacamole on top. And that's a really decent option when we're on the road um, to help to supplement my cold snacks that would be in the cooler. I haven't been there in too long. I love that place. And then Panera has been in the media lately. I believe they've really cleaned up their acting. Maybe always have. I don't know. They've been working on it. I was really impressed, actually. I just, uh, this past December, had to drive from Wisconsin to uh, Texas. And we stopped at Panera twice because when I went there, um, I was thinking, oh, I'll just do like a Greek salad and try to get olive oil and lemon and figure this out and no protein. Well, I had heard that they were hormone-free, antibiotic-free meats, but then what was really cool was on um, the route to the bathroom, there was a poster that listed all of their preservatives and ingredients that they were actually swapping out. And so it had like um, disodium phosphate, and then it would have in replacement of that what they were using as a natural ingredient or just completely eliminating. That's awesome. Yeah. And and so I just thought that was really cool. And all too often, what's really interesting is we think like, oh my gosh, what a chain. Well, when I was doing my Fox segment this morning, sorry, I'm going to go on a tiny, tiny rant and then we'll close. (laughs) When I was doing my Fox segment this morning, I did a segment on superfood snacks for back to school and I made a um, coconut whipped cream, which is a great option. Um, And so it was just the canned coconut milk that you put in the fridge to separate. You take the the solid fats out and then you whip that in a... um, blender with um, a little bit of uh, lemon juice um, or a little bit of the coconut water and then honey. Well, the funny wild thing was is they were pushing the cooking uh, segment island thing back. There was a can of Ready Whip under there and the chef from a restaurant that I'll leave unnamed and I'll leave the chef unnamed, it's Houston Restaurant Week. So we're like this huge city and this is one of the top 10 restaurants in Houston where when you would go there, if you were having dessert, you would think you were eating whipped cream, like cream, you know, and maybe a little powdered sugar and maybe vanilla. Um, Well, it was Ready Whip and I, I just got like so disenchanted and sad because it has expeller pressed soybean oil, high fructose corn syrup, propellant, like it can actually explode, you know, and it's like... What are the chances maybe he was just doing it for TV? I don't think strong. I'm just saying, I'm, it's making me sad. Okay. I, I think of all of my patients that are doing the MRT um, diet and soy is a reaction and they deny using soy and then I tell them, you know, soy is probably in a food every time you eat out. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really sad. It so sad. being mindful of... Whole Foods, of course, and um, some of those larger chains might be more conscious, and it's all about voting with your dollar. So with that being said, you guys all use your wallet to do the right thing. (laughs) Vote with your dollar, buy whole food ingredients, and get out of your food rut and food jags by swapping it up. Absolutely. Stay tuned. Come back and hear us for number 30. We're really excited. MRT. And also submit your questions on Ask Allie element of our podcast. We're going to be doing a QA and a episode coming up soon. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Naturally Nourished Podcast. Visit our blog at AllieMillerRD.com for recipes, wellness tips, and food as medicine meal plans. Connect with Allie and Carly at AllieMillerRD on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Until next time, stay nourished and be well.